Did you know that every time you listen to an ad on this podcast, you help cover the cost of producing Find Your Food Voice? Thank you to our sponsor, Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. Because of them, my team and I can continue our independent podcast. Equilibria is a women-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and back my mind and body back into harmony. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. It also promotes optimal vaginal pH. These probiotics were chosen because they are studied for women's health. And I love that you can subscribe. So if you find that Equilibria's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense helps you, you can subscribe so you don't have to think twice about running out and also save 25% off. I just started taking the Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense after a trip overseas that made my GI tract kind of funky. I am hoping that it helps make things just a little bit easier, easing back in. And also as a woman, as a woman in midlife, I'm always looking for ways to help with vaginal pH. If you are not in midlife yet, just be aware. It's a thing that is around the corner for you. So head to myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. All right, let's get back to the show. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of the Love Food Podcast is brought to you by Green Mountain at Fox Run, the pioneering women's retreat to help you find peace with food, fitness, and your body. Through powerful tools such as mindfulness, stress reduction techniques, and mindful movement, you'll learn to eat, move, feel, and live in the moment. Visit www.fitwoman.com forward slash love food for more information. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by award-winning dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita, and let's begin. Hi, and welcome to episode 46 of the Love Food Podcast. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and food peace promoter. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. And are you someone that identifies with the emotional eating experience? You know, I feel like we talk about binge eating and emotional eating a great deal of the time on this podcast. And what if you're someone who's tried everything to work through emotional eating? And yet you find it's the only way you really can tolerate some pretty tough emotions and experiences and past trauma. There really are some options for you too. And yet you may find that a lot of the advice you're given and the tools you're given just don't quite meet you where you are, just are not really getting any kind of um, relief for you. 
So this episode is for you if you're someone who experiences this. And I cannot wait for you to hear from someone I've just started to get to know. Her name is Ellen Schumann. She's a coach out of Cincinnati, Ohio, and has a wealth of personal experience with the emotional eating um, just journey and journey towards recovery. And she also is someone that's been working with someone just like you. So let's go ahead and hear today's letter and then hear from Ellen. Dear Food, my relationship with you has changed so much over the years, and I'm grateful for that. We do have a positive relationship now, most of the time. I enjoy you, I savor you, I appreciate you, and give gratitude. I don't need to count calories or think of how much exercise needs to be done to rid you of my body, but I still use you as a drug, and that angers me and frustrates me. You have called me for years when I didn't have any other tools, but I am tired of not having other tools. I'm tired of tuning to food to deal with life's daily stressors. I'm ready to give you up and learn new life skills, but I feel stuck. I fall into entrenched patterns of using food to push away any discomfort, whether big or small. I know it makes me unhappy and doesn't solve my problem, but I don't believe that any other strategy will work as well. But I'm so convinced that nothing will work as well as you that I don't even try other skills. Sure, I have used other strategies from time to time, but I always fall back to food. I get so tired of the suggestions, go take a walk, read a book, or take a shower to avoid emotional eating. How does anyone do that at work? I can't leave a meeting or stop working with students to do that. Anyway, you can see how frustrated it makes me that I still turn to you, but I feel so stuck sometimes. You can call me so quickly, bites of chocolate or extra servings of pretzels eaten so fast, and I am calmed. When stressed, I eat way more than I need, but you don't make me happy in the long run. Sure, I feel good for a few seconds, but then I feel blah, physically and mentally. Once again, asking myself, why did I do that again? Why did I eat more than I needed? The cycle continues, eating too much, having an upset stomach, feeling bad about it, telling myself I screwed up, tight pants, and on and on. How can I end this? How can I stop the cycle of using food as a drug? How can I stop eating emotionally? I am fed up. Please help. Sincerely, a fed up emotional eater. Before I explore this episode's letter, I want to share a word from this episode's sponsor who has a special promotion just for Love Food listeners. This episode is sponsored by Green Mountain at Fox Run, the pioneering women's retreat to help you find peace with food, fitness, and your body in Ludlow, Vermont. For over 40 years, Green Mountain has developed sustainable, non-diet strategies for women who struggle with weight, emotional and binge eating, and feelings of addiction. Last year, Green Mountain opened its Women's Center for Binge and Emotional Eating, the only clinical program in the nation dedicated solely to women suffering with binge eating disorder and emotional eating. Ready to set yourself free from dieting and restrictions, untruths and fads? Visit www.fitwoman.com forward slash love food for more information about Green Mountain at Fox Run and the Women's Center for Binge and Emotional Eating. Right now, receive a free room upgrade and a $250 weekly credit toward amenities and professional services when you stay a week or more before Saturday, December 17th. Restrictions apply. Visit 
www.fitwoman.com forward slash love food for more information. Now, let's explore this week's letter. Hey there, emotional eater. Thank you so much for your letter. I really appreciate the time it took for you to let us know what your experience is like and how exhausting for you because I hear that you've done all this work, yet the suggestions and the tools that are thrown at you are kind of just superficial and not really getting to the meat of what is actually going on, like a tool that's actually going to provide the same kind of function that the food provides. And I think your letter is also just by writing those words is going to help many people because I, I know a lot of people can relate to what you're experiencing. And I've gotten to know um, someone, her name is Ellen Schumann, and she is a therapist out of Ohio. And I've gotten to know her recently, and she's been doing work with folks who experience emotional eating, um, binge eating, or compulsive type of eating. She's been doing that work for quite a while, and she has a really I don't know. I I found them to be very interesting, shiny new tools, although she's been using them for a while. But she has this different kind of way at helping people with eating emotionally. And I think, letter writer, you're going to find her insight just really helpful. So let's give her a call and see what she has to say. Hey, Ellen. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to talk with us about this letter. Did you get a chance to read it yet? I did. It was wonderful. Oh my gosh. It, it, it just so beautifully articulates what so many people feel about their struggle with this issue. It was wonderfully written. Right. I agree. And you know, when I read it, I immediately thought of you because of, I know about all of your work working with people who say they're emotionally eating. And I think the way that mm-hmm. you kind of came to working with this is really interesting. Would you mind sharing with our listeners how you started working with emotional eating? Happy to. Um, I struggled personally from the time I was four or five years old. I mean, my earliest recollections are of stealing food from the bread drawer in the kitchen on Saturday and Sunday mornings, which I now understand made sense. I happened to grow up in you know, your garden variety dysfunctional family. My parents were miserably married. They were still sleeping. And somehow going back and forth to that bread drawer, stealing Wonder Bread, white bread we used to eat back in those days, and chocolate chip cookies, somehow took the focus off my anxiety about what it was going to be like when they woke up. So fast forward, lots of years, lots of struggle, lots of dieting, lots of therapy by the time I was in my 20s. Um, I was a reporter. Um, I was a journalist by trade, and I did a fair amount of reporting in the health field. And in 1992, I read a New York Times article about binge eating disorder when it was first officially named as an eating disorder separate from bulimia and separate from anorexia. And I wound up doing a series of reports, and that led to doing two Oprah Winfrey shows. And the very first show was the first time Oprah ever talked about her own emotional eating publicly. And that they took it, it was amazing. They talked about the Oprah effect. Well, people uh, saw the show and they said, Great, now we know what it is, what we do about it. So I connected with some clinicians uh, in Ohio, where I'm based, and we started doing free seminars uh, at local hospitals, um, uh, similar to what I do now, which we'll talk about later, I hope. Um, I offer free seminars on Sundays. Uh, and 
then people said, well, now we want treatment options. And within a year and a half from those two Oprah Winfrey shows, I was uh, the director of an outpatient eating disorder treatment center that specialized in working with emotional overeating and binge eating disorder. So it's been quite an odyssey. And, and along the way, um, I had had a coach of my own, and it was the most powerful work I had done to date. Uh, and my coach became the trainer of a coach training program. So she encouraged me to get trained. And by starting in 1997, uh, I became a coach and uh, over the years made that a full time full time job and uh, now work specifically with people with emotional overeating and binge eating. Wow. Oh, that's Quite so awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, 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 t I really um, appreciate the Oprah effect because I, I can remember when um, she started talking about that publicly and how much that meant for clients and just making it feel a little less shameful, you know, because Oprah, she's Absolutely. always been so relatable. Um, that's the thing that makes her so amazing is that she just appears like you and me, you know, and, um, so that, that's, that's incredible. I'm so excited to hear about your journey and I'm so glad that you're working with us and with this letter writer. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, this letter writer, I'm, what do you feel like is, what's your impression about what's what's going on with her? Well, the first thing that, that struck me is, uh, again, how um, uh, common her approach is. And the approach for so many of us is that it's about food. She recognizes there's emotional eating issues and she recognizes she's using food to self-soothe. But then that feeling of, but I don't think anything else will work as well. And therefore, I'm resistant to even trying other things. What that tells me is the other things that have been offered to her, the other tools, have not fit the issue. So she mentions, and I, I smiled when I saw it about, um, you know, everyone telling her to take a walk or read a book or take a shower. Uh, my favorite uh, advice to me, I'm being facetious, was um, in addition to take a walk around the block, why not take a hot bubble bath and relax because you're stress eating? And I remember thinking not so nice things. And then the next thing was, including that they didn't get it. How could they even make that suggestion to me? And these were good clinicians. I mean, skilled, talented eating disorder people who just didn't understand this particular piece back then. In that moment, why would I jump into a hot bubble bath and stew in the very feelings I can't tolerate? Mm -hmm. in, that mo in that moment, what I needed were, I call them in my practice, emotional handrails. I needed something that I could reach for in my mind, in my head, that I could actually, a process I could walk myself through that would help me tolerate the moments long enough to then decide, hey, is this about food? You know, am I physically hungry or am I emotionally churned up about something? Am I bored? Am I um, trying to procrastinate and I'm having a food thought so I can avoid starting a project or starting a task or completely not think about the fight I just had with my best friend or my spouse? In those moments, it's not about food behavior. It's not about um, even uh, uh, choosing an activity. It's about internally being able to emotionally regulate so I can shift literally from one neural pathway in my brain, one habit, one pattern of how to calm myself down to a healthier, newer one that gets developed one step at a time. So when she says she has trouble reaching for um, other skills in those moments, my guess is she hasn't practiced them. Her brain hasn't developed these new autopilot patterns because she hasn't practiced them deliberately yet consistently enough on lower levels of intensity in regard to emotionally being churned up. Mm. Meaning 
I'm going to, when I first started um, doing this work on my own recovery, in my own recovery, I would use it on something as simple as a decision to um, uh, go run an errand. And even though that sounds like no big deal, the act of practicing this built the pathways and built those strengths in my brain that said, oh, wait, I can make those decisions. I can get in touch with in this moment what my true desired outcome is, and I can tolerate the feelings. Oh, isn't that interesting? I really can tolerate them long enough to decide how to give this particular moment different meaning so that therefore I can tolerate it long enough to choose what to do to be effective. Wow. Well, you know, so would the going out and doing an errand, would that be an example of an emotional handrail, you know, something that helped you tolerate it or something different? Emotional handrails. Um, I use a lot. Uh, I borrow um, very liberally from uh, Marshall Linehan's uh, DBT skills and emotional handrails, for example, could be um, identifying in that moment um, what my thoughts and feelings are identify what my body sensations are um, in relation to the feelings. I never knew that I had feelings and connectors to those in my body and physical sensations. Like, for example, everybody knows the one about if you're embarrassed, your face gets red and, you know, kind of you get this warm feeling. It goes from your neck up to your cheeks. You're embarrassed. That's an example of, sh- of where one feels shame. But I wasn't picking up on anxiety. Anxiety for me, uh, I now know, is a kind of a fluttery feeling in my chest. Well, I can catch that now before a food thought happens to try to push down that anxiety. Um, If I'm in a conversation with you and I'm having trouble using my voice, which is a very common theme for especially women with eating disorders, if I'm having trouble saying what I need to say, expressing what I need to express, I now recognize that my throat gets tight. Sometimes my voice even cracks. Most of us know that experience where you're trying to say something and and your your throat, your voice cracks. Mm -hmm. That's that's now something that I know is something I can pay attention to. And then that leads me into saying, okay, well, what was it I was just thinking? And what was I just feeling? These are emotionally in rails. Um, in this moment, what's my true desired outcome? Well, gee, I, I don't really want to feel guilty and binge. Uh, I don't really want to be in trouble tomorrow because I didn't run that errand and I don't have what I need to do that project. So I've learned how to neutralize the things I'm saying to myself that really are distortions. (laughs) They're not really the truth. They're just distortions. And I've learned how to put all these pieces together in a process that allows me to be more effective in my life. Wow. You know, all of this is, all of this, Julie, is about getting mindful. And I don't mean just mindful eating, because for a lot of us who have been encouraged to eat mindfully, our first reaction has been, why would I eat mindfully if my whole purpose of using food emotionally is to go mindless. I want to disconnect. I don't want to be mindful. So the mindfulness work first in my experience and with all the people I've worked with in all these years is first we learn how to tolerate our thoughts and feelings and to feel more empowered to manage those so we're not so scared they're going to overwhelm us and therefore we have to use food to go numb. And this fits beautifully with what what the letter writer said. Her fear is nothing else will work better But I have to tell her and anyone else is listening, and I reinforce this for myself, there are lots and lots of tools out there that work better. We just haven't had anybody teach them to us and show us how to connect them to not only those moments we're having food thoughts, but much more importantly, to all of the moments prior to the moment where the food thought hits. 
If we're waiting to the moment where we're in the food thought, often the intensity of emotion is too high to use that other new skill or practice right in that moment. This work starts way before we get to the food thought so that when the food thought happens, I call it in my practice, conscious positive behavior as opposed to conscious negative. So when the food thought happens, now I step back and go, oh, interesting. I just had a food thought. That's a red flag. There's a little red flag here. What's up? What was I just thinking and feeling? So it stops being, oh my God, I'm going to have a food thought. I'm going to be out of control and and nothing's going to stop me. Now it's just information because I have other practices that I've developed that now simultaneously were actually much better or much stronger for emotional regulation. They work better than my other only previous tool for self-soothing and emotional regulation, which was to have a food thought and run with it. And conscious positive replaces conscious negative behavior. In conscious negative behavior, something happens, I have a food thought, and I say, oh, I know this is not about food. I don't want to eat. I don't want to binge. I'm going to feel lousy, similar to what the, the letter writer wrote. But I say basically, to hell with it. I do it anyway, because I don't want to feel what I'm feeling and I don't know what else to do. So in this moment, I feel like at that moment, the only option I have is to reach for the food. I call in my practice, the to hell with it switch, <laughs> you know, and it's that moment we go, okay, so to hell with it, I'll deal with it tomorrow. I'll, I'll start again tomorrow morning. I'll start again on Monday, what, whatever your particular you know thing is that you're, you're letting, where you're letting yourself down because you've already made a commitment to do it differently. And now you're saying to hell with it because I don't know what else to do. I can't sit in these feelings. I can't tolerate these feelings. And again, if you are in fact, truly an emotional overeater, this is about feelings. This is about emotional regulation. Um, it's about, and I don't know if we want to get into the whole brain part of this, but but one of the most exciting things it. that's happened. Yeah. All right. One of the most exciting things that's happened for me in the last five years um, is I got introduced to some of the, the latest neuroscience and to some techniques that have shown us how to take the original strong feelings that got locked into our brain somewhere along the way. It's in what we call bottom brain, primitive emotional mind. We used to call it subconscious. These are all our autopilot. It's that moment where something happens and suddenly you're flooded with feelings and you're starting to have food thoughts because you need to get out of the moment. And even if you know consciously that this really has nothing to do with the situation that just happened, it's not that big of a deal, but somehow you're triggered. It's triggered all of your old stuff. We call them databases. So if you have a database for feeling insecure, if you have a database for feeling shame, um, anytime somebody embarrassed you, suddenly that database is off and running and you feel all the intensity. What we're learning how to do now is identify those moments, also identify what triggers those moments. We call them um, uh, middle me uh, statements. It's like, what tunes are you playing in middle me, in middle brain? And it's all that stuff is I'm not good enough. I'm not, I'm the fattest one in the room. Um, I'm, uh, it's just a matter of time before somebody dumps me, whatever your particular patterns of thinking are that set you up for those old, horrible feelings that happen in, have happened in the past and continue to get triggered in bottom brain that send you back to the food. The most exciting thing is we're learning how to use top brain Uniquely human features, prefrontal cortex features, things like how to pay attention to something, how to notice my thoughts, my feelings, my body sensations, how to plan, um, how to change the meaning of something. 
So if I'm distorting the facts to fit how I happen to feel in the moment, the cool thing is once I recognize that because I'm identifying my thoughts and my feelings and even where I feel it in my body, I step out of that autopilot bottom brain out of control feelings. And now I have an opportunity to reach for emotional handrails, all of these tools that go, oh, wait, I can do this. I can manage this. I don't have to distort the facts. I can use my gut and my intuition and figure out what I want to do instead. I can use self-compassion. I can use mindfulness. Anything that's available that someone has offered before, now I know how to tie it all together and use it to quiet those old pathways in the brain that really are not serving me well. They just got locked in with strong feelings somewhere along the way, but they are not really who I truly was. I mean, how many of us have struggled with emotional overeating have said that, that, you know, this isn't me. I mean, I, I, I have a self-care list that I use and uh, that's I, everything I've identified works beautifully for me. And as I say to myself and to the people I work with, now that I know what those things are, you know, emotional regulation skills, daily practices, organization tools, now that I know those things that helps keep me mindful, I'm not going to leave those to chance. And at the very top of the that self-care list, it says, Ellen, be everything you were meant to be. Mm. Mm. Because all of those things that were in the way, like my emotional eating and my distorted thinking and my middle brain statements where I was constantly critical of myself, they really were not who I was always meant to be. They, yeah. they were not aligned with my soul. <laughs> right. And I've I've learned how to align my actions with the person I was always meant to be. And that's using all of this new brain-based understanding and understanding that I am not my thoughts. Just because I have a food thought doesn't mean I have to act on it. Um, at the beginning of uh, Wayne Dyer's book, uh, Excuses Be Gone, one of the very first quotes he has is, don't believe everything you think. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's such a great quote. Such it's a, a great, great quote. quote. Um, and, you know, hearing about all of this with the brain, you know, those suggestions that are so common from very caring clinicians of like, you know, take a bath or take a walk. Oh the reason why they just start hitting the mark is because they're really um, hitting it right at the food behavior when the when the the, the feelings are just so intolerable and peaking. And so what you're saying is we need to like help people find a way to kind of scoot backwards a little bit and exactly. get to it before it gets to that point. And of right. course, I feel like any kind of recovery with like binge eating of any sort, it's so much of like hindsight. And and I something that's so challenging about that is I know whenever I talk to folks who experience a binge or emotional eating, whenever they have that behavior, they feel so much shame. And so, mm -hmm. you know, what I always am saying to people is I feel like the people who find ways to recover, they notice like it's like they eventually do find a way to get before the behavior hits, you know, mm -hmm. and finding things. So then when they're in the behavior, they slowly start to experience a different way. And what you're mapping out is a really progressive, different kind of option that I think a lot of people are going to want to know more about. Um, and, you know, Ellen, I'm wondering if you have any resources um, maybe with this approach or maybe more about your approach that you would want to add to our food peace syllabus. And the the food peace syllabus, if you're new to the show, is something that we on the Love Food Podcast have gathered throughout all the episodes, all the different books and blogs and 
um, courses and things like that. We um, put them in one concise resource and I release them about every 30 episodes. I have another syllabus that I put out and you can get it just by going on my website and signing up for my email list and you get it for free. But I'm wondering, Ellen, would you like to add anything to it? I would love to, Julie. The um, I do a free one-hour telephone live seminar on uh, Sunday afternoons. Uh, it's a, sort of a, a one-time introduction to all of what we're talking about here, just in a little more detail. Um, and people are more than welcome. They can sign up um, on my homepage. Uh, they'll see a free phone seminar. Uh, and my website is uh, awayout.com, and that's spelled A-W-E-I-G-H. O-U-T.com. So three words, a way out.com. And our, our approach is an end to emotional eating and weight obsession. So we're not a weight loss focused program. Instead, we're about the emotional eating and the obsessions that drive more emotional eating. Um, I also have uh, an online uh, membership uh, that uh, offers many of the tools that I teach one-on-one to my uh, coaching clients. Uh, and uh, anyone can join for three weeks free. Uh, and you have access immediately to about 40 hours of telephone seminars that I've done with some of the top experts in the country, including Julie, um, who is, uh, I think yours is about two months away from being posted, but we did a wonderful one just a couple of weeks ago, we just recorded. Um, and the, um, uh, it has weekly sequential tools that are delivered through uh, email alerts. So people are welcome to do that. And if they don't want to stay in, all they have to do is email me and say, I'm not, you know, to cancel the membership. But if they stay in, it's only $17 a month. Um, also, people can work with me one-on-one uh, as a coach. And all that information is also uh, shared on the website under the coaching tab. And uh, I, all I can say to people is, I know sometimes this feels like it's about food. And if I could just fix the food, my life would be better. And I'm going to encourage you to reverse that and say, if I work on the underlying issues and have new tools for emotional management, then the food issues stop being front and center. We stop feeling like a problem that needs to be fixed. And as soon as I fix the food, everything's going to be better. How much? Of, how many of us have said, if I could just lose this weight, I could be happy. Well, I'm going to encourage people to say, if I focus on my emotional health and my physical health and my nutritional health and my spiritual health, then the happiness comes as a result of being who you were always meant to be. And the food stops being the issue because now you have ways to catch this long before the food takes over and the food thoughts take over. Oh, awesome. You know, I really, I'm just so appreciative of your, of your time, Ellen. And is the, the website awayout.com, is that the best way for people to find you? Uh, yes, they can also email okay. me at at uh, ellen at awayout.com. They also are welcome to call me at uh, 513-321-4242. Any of those ways of contacting me, I'm happy to, to connect. Well, I have to say you're the first person to give out their phone number. So I'm that's really that. special, <laughs> really, really special. I think someone yeah. will appreciate that. Um, Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's been so um, insightful and I can't wait to hear how this letter writer um I don't know what, what she takes from it and which of these, you know, she wants to experiment with. So thank you so much. Thanks for asking me, Julie. You really are on the right path in terms of the work you're doing with people as well. And I, I'm just very impressed and glad that we were introduced by a mutual friend. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> mutual colleague. All right. Well, take care. <laughs> you too. Take care. We understand why you are so fed up, letter writer. You've been through a lot and you've tried everything that people have thrown at you even those really ridiculous things to try. And we hope that you appreciate that this isn't your fault, 
that you just haven't been given the right tools yet. I see food has written you back, so let's hear what food has to say. But until then, please keep in touch and let me know how things are going. And we hope you continue to try at this because you're definitely worth it. Take care. Dear fed up emotional eater, you look so tired. We know you've tried for years to find another way to tolerate the toughest of times. Stop blaming yourself for the continued struggle. You haven't been given the right tools for you. Consider other options that address what comes before you and me. Give yourself the time, patience, and support to heal. Recovery is possible for you. We can't wait to see the magic that comes from it. Love, food. Do you have a complicated relationship with food and want to change? I want to help. Send your dear food letter to lovefoodpodcast at gmail.com. I hope to read about your experiences soon. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is the Love Food series. Have you enjoyed the show, or would you like to give me feedback? I welcome your thoughts. Please give a review in iTunes and subscribe. This type of kindness helps the show continue. You can also tweet me at eatingpermitrd. Take care.